Welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. Welcome back, everybody. It's Josh, your host. And today we are going to dig more into my projections, the singularity, pick out some value players that you can get much, much cheaper than I think they should be. This was a really great episode uh, when I did last year, had a lot of hits. Some of the same players, in fact, surprisingly, they're still being discounted. So that's what we are going to look at today. First up is a whole group of wide receivers that I think are wide receiver ones, but they are being drafted definitely towards the second, like the end of the top 12, when I think they could be middle of the top 12. Not a huge value here, but I I think it's worth bringing up because when you're that close to the top, the difference of like 10 or 12 picks um, in your draft can be a big difference in who you can get. So I like having a lot of these names, particularly this year and most years, wide receivers. Guys that I can hold off having to take a wide receiver, basically, get my running backs. And meanwhile, I have a list of names in the back of my head that I think are going to be just as good or nearly as good wide receivers as all the wide receivers that are being taken while I'm getting my running backs. It's a huge advantage. It's If you think of it as a tier, this is a tier. So there's as soon as some of these guys start going, that's when you know the tier's up and you need to get one if you wanted one of them up there. So I'm looking at, once again, Allen Robinson. He's my wide receiver six. ADP, current consensus ADP. Get it from four for four, just regular one quarterback redraft. And currently, Allen Robinson is wide receiver 11. So that's a five. You know, this is positional. If you figure there's going to be some running backs, maybe a Kittle-Kelsey mixed in there, it could easily be 10 picks difference, at least. Five wide receivers. A lot more. By the time five wide receivers go in the second and third round, there's been at least five, if not six, seven, eight of running back and tight ends. And so that's a whole round drop, right, from the guys that people are taking as the sixth and seventh wide receiver to where you can get them as the 11th and 12th. But I think they're going to be the sixth and seventh. So it's Allen Robinson, like I said, the sixth. And the seventh is DJ Moore. Again, he's the 12th in ADP. Those are two great guys you can get starting the middle of the second round into the third. So if you are a first half uh, pick, maybe you got your top four running back you really like, you can grab these guys on the way back. You may even be able to pick up a later running back. We'll talk about some of those in a minute. And then grab the leftover wide receiver at this tier at the beginning of the third. Huge value here to get a wide receiver one in the third round or late second. Okay, now as far as the running backs I was talking about here, Austin Eckler is is almost slipping a bit in ADP. It's hard to tell. It really depends on where you're drafting, who you're drafting, but he's a guy I love to be able to grab at running back eight is where I think he'll finish. He's running back 13 in ADP. Again, that's another five drop. 
Now, for running backs, unfortunately, five isn't much because it literally could be five picks. I've seen, you know, five, six, seven running backs go straight. Um, usually it's a little bit more broken up with wide receivers as you get into the end of the first, beginning of the second round. But if you have a late first pick, let's say, there's a very good chance you can grab this guy as you come back around. I really like um, going doubling up on running backs when I have a second half pick this year so far, just because the drop off from the top, like 12, maybe 16, but more like 14 running backs, it's really steep drop off. So if you can get one of those, two of those top 14 on your team, that's a serious advantage. As much as we'd love to get, you know, Christian McCaffrey 101, the nice thing about getting him 101 is there's a lot of security there. So maybe you can afford to now go wider, a couple wide receivers in the second and third. But if you're taking one of these later running backs, but you still hope they're going to be ones, I love grabbing two of them. So Austin Eckler is a way to do that. The next guy I have projected as my running back, 10. However, not very popular. He's being drafted ADP, running back 17. It's Melvin Gordon. I understand the reservations, which is why I said in this scenario earlier, he'd be a great guy to grab at the beginning of the third if you have an early first half pick. But I really do think he's going to be highly involved here, and I've seen him falling even later than this into fourths. So if you have that second half pick, you double up on running back, you grab a wide receiver in the third, and then you could, may even get Melvin Gordon in the fourth. This is a steal as your running back three. Now, in that same area, soon after that, maybe not in the third, it's almost too soon for these guys. There's a bunch of wide receivers that I think are borderline wide receiver ones. But you're paying the wide receiver two prices, like clearly. First, I have A.J. Brown. Now, he is going to jump up. People are going to reach for him. You never know. Sometimes he's going to fall. Sometimes he's going to go as high as I have him. I have him as my wide receiver 10. His ADP is 17. So that just tells you anywhere in there he can go. So if you really want him, don't wait on him. Go ahead and grab him as wide receiver 10. So this would be like that third round pick. Just go ahead and grab him and maybe you get Melvin in the fourth. But there's a couple more names here that fall into the fourth and even the fifth that I still think are borderline ones. And I like I said, I just keep those names in my back pocket and I keep drafting running backs. And then next thing you know, I can get these guys in the fourth, fifth round. Wide receiver, my wide receiver 11, Tyler Lockett. Again, he was on this last list last year. And I identified him as someone who was now going to be getting the volume. He'd already shown the efficiency. He's been an efficiency king for years. He didn't have the volume early in his career, so I wasn't on him. But last year, I boomer, he was my boomerang guys, right? I come back around on him later in their career, something changes. They develop their situation. I don't know what it is. It can be a lot of different things. In this case, it's the volume. And also just the trust he has with Russell Wilson. I know a lot of people like DK Metcalf. 
as the breakout. And I think he is. I think he's special. However, I think they're both really good. And I just think Russell Wilson is going to is going to use Tyler Lockett more as the position possession receiver than DK Metcalf. Because Wilson is so good and so surgical, he can use Metcalf just when he needs. He doesn't need to feed Metcalf volume. And so that's how we saw Metcalf do what he did with just, I say just, it was 100 targets. Really great for a wide receiver, a rookie wide receiver. But I am just don't see that uh, expanding up into the 120s, 130s, which is what it's going to take for him to beat out a Lockett because Lockett was on target for like 120 targets, okay? I'm just saying Lockett's going to get the more consistent usage and points. Metcalf's going to have the big games just like he had last year. I like both of them. Don't worry. I just think Lockett right now is the value because Metcalf's often being taken ahead of him when Metcalf is my wide receiver 25, but uh, I mean, that's really not, that's not an insult. I mean, that's right at the 200 point line. That's, it's a top, there's a lot of good receivers I have. My my problem with my receiver ranks right now is just that there's too many of them, right? And so it looks like I'm really down on, uh, I don't know, a, a Boyd or a Metcalf or a Chark or Juju, or even a Sutton, because I have them in those late 20s, but it's just, there's too many other good receivers. Of course, things are going to happen. Guys are going to get injured, or heaven forbid, sick. People are going to fall out, going to miss time. It's not going to, your ranks are never as clean as this, as they look before the season starts, where all the players are in there. There's going to be a few things that are happen, unfortunately, that's going to thin it out, and those players are going to jump up to where people are talking about them being now. I agree. Yeah, they easily could be in early 20s, teens. But until those things happen and it gets thinned out, they just push down numerically. They just push down. I'm sorry. You can't have more than 30 top 30 wide receivers. That's not a top 30 anymore. All right, anyway. Uh... Metcalf, it's still showing in ADP that he's at 22. Meanwhile, Lockett's at 19. So they're still showing Lockett ahead of Metcalf. In my experience, that's it can go either way. I see a lot more guys taking Lockett first because they want that upside. And it's usually not their first wide receiver. So that makes sense if it's your second or third wide receiver. But I'm talking about a situation where I'm holding on to these guys as basically my wide receiver, maybe my wide receiver one. If I go three, four running backs, maybe a tight end thrown in, right? I need a solid, dependable wide receiver as my one, and I'd rather have Lockett for that role. The next guy, very similar, and maybe even maybe even a more sure thing to be possibly a wide receiver one. My wide receiver 14, I don't like having him outside the top 12, but he just gets pushed down a little bit. It's Keenan Allen. He's wide receiver 20 in ADP. 
So he and Lockett are my go-to gut like guys that always fall. I can almost always get one of them. If they go, if they have bad seasons, it's probably going to be a bad year for me because I've turned out to have them on a lot of teams. But I still think they're both consistent, proven players that are going to just get you points. Go after your big booms after you secure your dependable wide receiver one. The next group are the kind of, I think they're pretty disrespected right now. Okay. First off, we have Jarvis Landry. He's always disrespected. He's my wide receiver 20, uh, sorry, my wide receiver 17. ADP has him all the way down at 31. I think he finishes ahead of Odell Beckham again. And he was a he was the 12th, he was wide receiver 12 last year in ADP. I guess there might be some variation, but he was in there. He's going to get the work again. 17, I think, is very fair. That's not crazy at all. Um, I don't know how you can have him fall to 31. The bad thing is, when you look at his season, his finish looks nice, but the week-to-week could be a little rough. But again, if this is your wide receiver 2 or 3, you know, you could get him He's going at wide receiver 31. That's ridiculous. You can get him pretty late as your two or three. He's a great value. Um, I'm going to skip this next one, go a little bit further down. Wide receiver 24, Julian Edelman. He's going as the 33rd wide receiver. I'm sorry. That's a mistake. Look, even if Nikhil Harry makes the leap this year, maybe Cam Newton helps that. I still think Cam Newton's going to need that slot possession receiver. He's still going to be productive, going to get peppered. I don't care. He's going to get the work. If it's a PPR, he's going to get points. Grab him as your third wide receiver for cheap. Ridiculous. All right, the last guy on this disrespected list, I kind of separated him out a little bit because it's, it's Debo Samuel. And I understand why he's falling, because he has the Jones fracture he's recovering from. He's been on target and continues to be on target to start for the season. And even if they take it easy for a few weeks, like, I don't care. He shouldn't be your first or second wide receiver, but if he can be your third or fourth, this is a fantastic value that's going to kick in a few weeks into the season he can either fill a gap if there's any, or he can just make your team better. This is the kind of player that, and you know what? It's a, it's funny because this is just like what the Patriots always do, right? What does Belichick always do? He grabs this, some veteran or something, and then puts them on the pup list, and then they come in midseason, and suddenly they're to, they're to help out and fill in. I don't think Debo Samuel is going on the pup list unless there's a major uh, re-injury or something like that. Hope that doesn't happen. Keep an eye on it. As long as that doesn't happen, I like Debo Samuel to still put up top 24 wide receiver weekly numbers. You may not get it for the first few weeks, but once you do start getting it, it's worth it. It really is worth it. I mean, if... Basically, to me, I'll draft a guy for October. You know, if if he's not going to play in September, I don't care. I'll draft him because just the way my teams are, I'm more confident in that. 
Of course, this changes depending on your style of league, but for most redraft PPR leagues, I'm perfectly happy to gra draft a guy at a discount who's going to score so many more points per game for me than anyone else available there. I can wait. All right, guys, those are my top you know, running back wide receivers. Uh, we could get into some of the tight ends. There's some obvious ones. I was kind of tweeting this week a lot about tight ends, so go ahead and check that out. I have a thread on there kind of detailing how, look, if you want to find the breakout tight ends every year, it's it's not that hard. You just have to pay attention to some details. Um, the mistake I see a lot of people making is they emphasize the athleticism too much, and they go looking for the athletes. The athleticism should be a confirmation and, and bonus. You need to find the guys who have, uh, first of all, are in are in a position on the depth chart to step into being the second or third most targeted receiver. Um, heck, in, in some cases, it takes for a tight end to be a true one. You're talking about Kittle, Kelsey, Mark Andrews. In some cases, some years, Zach Ertz because of a wide receiver injury. In those cases, on their teams, they're actually the leading receiver, right? That's how they get to be the top tier. But for the rest of these guys, we'll be happy with the second most targeted player, right? So you have to look at the depth charts and find who these players were. And and we just go back, go back a couple of years. I picked out Kittle. How did I pick out George Kittle? Well, besides listening to smart people, I could also just see for myself he was very athletic. Okay, great confirmation. But more importantly, very weak receiving core on that team two years ago and, and going into 2018. I should say going into two years ago. And he also was, he flashed, he showed a little bit. So you want, look, you can't wait to see a tight end breakout because by the time you see it it's too late to get them out of value it's simple as that so the people who are saying oh i haven't seen it yet i'm sorry they can't help you they're not helping you that that doesn't help anyone what i'm trying to tell you is what to look for so you can see it before everyone else like i said look for that depth chart look for some kind of flash or some kind of efficiency. And it can be done in different ways because, look, you've got players like Kittle who busted a bunch of big plays towards the end of his rookie season. So we saw that. We saw his athleticism and we saw the receiving core. Bingo. Those three points, that's how I was high on him. Last year, what did we see for Mark Andrews? We saw great efficiency numbers. Target premiums, yards per target, fancy points per target, all kinds of different metrics. Uh, and for him, also a very nice uh, depth of target, which kind of shows he's not just being used as a dump off. But I just want efficiency, basically. Give me efficiency to let me see that this, this tight end is going to be able to demand more than what he's getting now next year. Okay. So I looked around and I said, who's who's the tight end this year? And I've, look, I've been a little bit 
going back and forth on guys. There's a whole list of these younger, ready-to-break-out tight ends that everyone loves, right? But we need to pick out a couple here who are really going to be the ones to... Because uh, you're not going to draft five tight ends, right? Okay, so you've got the Gaseckis, we've got the Blake Jarwins, we've got the Ian Thomases. Um, I'm blanking on the other ones. But really, what I did is I found a tight end who is ready to step into being the third, if not the second most targeted receiver on his team. Check. Um, he was super efficient with what he got last year, producing a lot with, to be honest, a little. Only 3.6 targets per game. You know, but th that's all right. He projected... Uh, not projected. He he paced out once he started getting the snaps. This guy paced out at around tight end 12 last year. If he played at that you know usage for an entire season, again, not much usage, but he was doing a lot with it, which is why he's going to be able to demand more. Plus, this guy is super athletic, and he has he has the college history to back it up. It's Johnu Smith, guys. This. Do you want to know Johnny Smith's breakout uh, percentile? 100. Yes, this is the 100 percentile breakout. He was 18. He's been young the entire throughout the entire process. He came into the NFL young. He's only just turned 25. So I know if you've been in Dynasty for a while. We've been waiting for this guy, and you're probably ready to give up on him. That would be a mistake. Super athletic. He has that history, and like I said, most of all, he's shown the efficiency, and he's ready in that weak depth chart. There's A.J. Brown, and then there's Corey Davis, and Corey Davis has some kind of foot injury. It's a little vague. Seems like seems like he had an injury last year that he didn't get surgery on, and then he had surgery over the offseason. That seems to be what's happening there, but it's a little unsure how recently he had the surgery, what his recovery is looking like. Uh, everyone's, there's actual like reporters at camps going on right now. So I expect to get an answer of that to the next, in the next week. So keep an eye out on that. Find out what's going on with Corey Davis, because if Corey Davis is a little hobbled, and to be honest, look, it's not like Corey Davis has done much. It seems like Anytime he's even has a little bit of an excuse to do bad, he's done bad. And we've made a lot of excuses for him, why he could have been better, should be better. And look, he even could be the next Devonta Parker, right? He's going to break out in a year or two from now, right? But it seems like if he's got that injury, that's the kind of thing that every year has caused him to not live up to expectations just saying that Johnny Smith could easily step into that even second most targeted receiver role. And that is gold. That is pure gold, especially with the, his athleticism, how he can break the big plays. Um, he, he's literally the closest thing to the next Kittle we have. That always people are, well, who's the next Kittle? Who's the next Kittle? It's not Mike Gusecki. I'll tell you that much. Mike Gusecki is maybe the next, like, I don't know, Greg Olson, uh, may maybe Witten, 
<laughs> right, Jason Witten? Yeah, I'm sorry, he's athletic, but he doesn't do anything with it. Johnny Smith is breaking plays. He's he's taking uh he's taking carries and breaking breaking tackles and running it for sixty yards. Like this guy is a beast. You don't see Mike Kosecki breaking tackles or anything like that. Um, Ian Thomas has done okay. We'll see. I've that's a really mixed bag there between. Uh, I, I thought why didn't he do more last year? Why didn't he take over the job from a clearly just finished Greg Olson? But maybe Greg Olson wasn't that finished. Maybe that offense was just terrible, which they were. So there's a lot of ex excuses there. Greg Olson goes to Seattle now, and I actually think he could do pretty well there, just as a solid, you know, 40, 400, four-touchdown kind of guy. But maybe Ian Thomas could do something in Carolina. He's fallen a lot. He's even cheaper than most of these these other names. So that that's someone else to maybe keep an eye on. But he's, I would say, a whole step in the process behind Johnny Smith. Right now is the last time you're going to be able to get Johnny Smith. Just like last preseason was the last time you were able to get Mark Andrews cheap. I'm not saying he's going to be what Mark Andrews was because I don't even think Mark Andrews is going to do that because of the touchdowns, right? But I'm just saying, once he makes that leap in perception in big plays into that top eight tight ends or so, you're not going to be able to get him at tight end, what, 14-ish or something like that, 17. Uh, I, I, I'm not even finding him on my list right now. I wasn't looking for it, but uh, tight end 17 on this ADP. I have him tight end 7. That's, that's a great value. You can get him... At, 12th round or even later he'd be worth it to me right around there to to take him uh just to make sure i got him other tight ends uh, i'm not gonna dig into much some guys like darren waller i don't think should fall as far as they do uh there seems to be a pretty big drop off a uh, tear break i should say and almost two, sometimes three rounds go between the top guys and then Waller. I think it's a little closer to that. Waller and Mark Andrews, I could see them scoring very similarly this season. Uh, so don't be afraid of someone like Waller. If you need, if you want that tight end, especially if you're in a premium, tight end premium, I would go ahead and grab a Darren Waller in the fifth, sixth round. If he falls to there, just say, okay. Fine, I'll take the value you give me. Thank you very much. Another late guy I like is, and I say I like him. I don't even like him that much. I just think it's super obvious that he's going to get work. It's Irv Smith, Jr., Minnesota Vikings. And same thing, look at the depth chart. It's Thielen and then who? Who's it going to be? Well, I don't think... Kyle Rudolph's going to be able to have a... I don't think he can demand more work than Irv Smith anymore. So I think he's out. Uh, Justin Jefferson, that's a lot to demand from a rookie receiver who's had shortened preseason um, already, just like everyone else. But also, he was on the COVID quarantine for a week. Luckily, uh, either false positive or his close contact 
he tested okay enough times. But look, it's a lot to ask from him. Either way, this means Irv Smith as a sophomore having that experience with Kirk Cousins, he can step right into that expanded role. Look, he already matched Kyle Rudolph in targets as a rookie. I think he can take that step forward. It seems pretty simple to me to to just say that he can easily get a good 70, I have him for 72 targets, 54 receptions, 432 yards, for touch that's not asking for a lot he was only at like 47 49 targets last year i'm not asking for much more this isn't a huge step this is just one simple step forward and in that weak death chart it puts him at second maybe he'll be third eventually but for a time i think he'll be the second uh, most targeted receiver in that offense and he's, I mean, he's even more buried than Johnu Smith. 10 and 25. And look, I think he goes around 20 these days, I would say, depending on who you hang out with, I guess. Uh, but he's my tight end, let's see, 15 right now. I think I could have him inside the 12. Very high upside, um, depending on what happens. In Minnesota, particularly if Cook ends up holding out, just because he reported to camp. By the way, by the way, guys, I wanted to mention this once before. It, it kind of became irrelevant because he did report, but look, that's just to avoid the fifty thousand dollar a day fine. That doesn't mean once they get to the season, he can't be like, okay, well, camp was fun, guys. Call me when you have a contract. Like, the 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 new language of the rule of the CBA just just talked about camp so he fulfilled that obligation uh now he can hold out from games if there's not a lot of people in that i don't know they didn't seem to think that through or something we'll see what he does just saying there's still a risk and dalvin cook is not 100 safe now just because he showed up anyway if that happens that's even better for irv smith because there's even more demand for just somebody who knows the offense and can catch the ball another one of these tight ends that i actually have higher than most of the names i just said it's blake jarwin i have him a couple spots after Janu. and it's again it's just i think that offense look a lot of people look at that offense and think well there's too many people but you break it down and it's yeah it's concentrated though there's a lot of work in that offense to go around even with cd lamb there and so a lot of depends look if cd lamb doesn't do well then a lot of volume is going to fall back on jarwin or or even someone like tony pollard if they get him involved as kind of a slot role okay so you want to be looking and watching how tony pollard okay how he's doing blake jarwin's doing how cd lamb is doing and between these three, like, there's work to distribute, okay? I think Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, we know that they're going to demand what they demand and they deserve it. Both good back, uh, both good receivers. After that, they're going to have to get the ball to somebody else, too. I just don't know who it is between the three of them. 
even when I kind of spread it out, Blake Jarwin can still end up with like 70 to 80 targets, 50, 60 receptions, 500 yards, get him three, four touchdowns, right? He can get inside that top 12. Just like I was saying, Johnu and Irv, he can easily, that's, that's all it takes to get inside the top 12. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but for tight end, that really is all it takes. Particularly if it's a premium, it actually becomes worth it then. But otherwise, just grab one of these guys. Like I said, with the wide receivers, I have a couple names in my pocket. Same thing with these tight ends. I've got those names, Johnu Smith, Blake Jarwin, Irv Smith. You can get these guys late for cheap, and then if they hit, they hit. If not, you just dream tight end. If it's in a onesie position league, just dream tight end. Simple as that. Going back to my kind of disrespected grouping earlier, there's another tight end that's kind of stuck between those top guys and these guys I was just talking about. He's kind of in a weird limbo. It's Austin Hooper, and he's going disrespected. I just think he's a good tight end that that offense may have look Stefanski just came over from the Vikings I just talked about how they split almost 100 targets between Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith and ran with two a decent amount look they've got David Njoku why can't Njoku and Hooper both be good the problem then you're going to say well there's not enough volume then they're not going to have, one of them isn't going to get enough of it. I don't know. I think Cooper could. It's all gonna, only going to take like 75 targets for 600 yards, four touchdowns, and that gets him in at tight end nine or eight. The problem here is some people take him at as the sixth, seventh, eighth tight end. But you'll also see him fall. So this is a very room-dependent one. If your room likes the Higby, Hurst, Noah Fant, if they're if they're kind of reaching for those guys, Hooper can fall sometimes. So just be aware and see it. If I can pair like a Hooper and a Smith at the end of my team, even if it's a onesie position, like early on we'll we'll know pretty quick and you can get rid of the other one. Or if they both hit, there's gonna be a team one, a good tight end, trade him. Look, just you want these kind of guys on your team if they fall to you at a value. So Hooper is another one of those disrespected guys. All right, guys, that's where I'm going to I'm gonna stop it for now. We're going to keep digging into uh, singularity. But for the most part, from this four point forward, I'm going to be shifting my focus into the season. Um, my next thing is I'm going to be looking at drafting. I talked, you heard me talking about a little bit today when I talked about how, where you are in the draft and what kind of strategies I would employ. I'm going to come out again, updated articles for my, my four piece articles where I talked about drafting at different points in the draft, either on the turn, uh, right next to the turn at the whiplash, kind of like a, a quarter of the way through at the quarter post or right in the middle. Okay how your draft is going to look at each of those positions for the first, you know, five rounds or so, five, six rounds. 
So I'm going to be doing a lot of research in that, which means I got to be doing mock drafts, things like that. So that's what I'm going to be doing over the next couple weeks. Um, I don't know how much you'll hear from me next week, but I do know two weeks from now will be it'll be about time for us to do next week tonight, week one. And I'm really excited about next week tonight, 2020. I think as much value as you were able to get out of it, I was able to get out of it for 2019. It's going to be even more valuable in 2020 if it goes the way we fear. Uh, not even the worst way we fear. i just saying there's going to be a lot of waiver demands. Being on top of that is going to be huge this season. Um, you look around the league, a lot of your league mates, it's quite possible this year that the people who actually pay attention and did the research are going to have a much more of an edge over their more common league mates than you have in recent years. The distance between has really been cut down by so much you know, so many articles and rankings and things that people can get without having to do much work. I think as as close as that got in recent years, I think a season like this, it's going to widen the gap. It's going to widen and accentuate the difference between the people who know who's next up on the depth chart, who's the guy to get when this guy goes down, things like that. That's where we're really going to be able to excel and get an edge to win. So be sure to keep an eye out and tune in when we hit up our next week tonight for week one. Thanks, guys, for listening. Hope you're able to grab some of these players cheap at good values. I think they're going to return more points than they cost for you. Good luck. Mm-hmm.